the well-fed state uh, can be referred to in two other terms, the absorptive state and the postprandial state. This is really important. You make, uh, all three are synonymous, well-fed, absorptive, postprandial. It's easy to confuse the terminology, okay, later on with, uh, with the fasting state. So make sure you know the terminology. If you don't know that terminology, you can't answer a question, okay? You get the state different. So postprandial, well-fed, and absorptive are synonymous. They all mean the same thing, the well-fed state. Usually that describes the state you're in within four hours after a meal, okay? Characteristically, what you will have is plentiful nutrients. You'll have proteins, carbohydrates, you'll have lipids from the diet. All of them are going to increase amino acids, glucose, chylomicrons, respectively, in the bloodstream, okay? So you have everything you can use from the diet in the bloodstream. It's all available in, in uh, abundant amounts. <coughs> Most importantly, because of glucose in the bloodstream, you're gonna stimulate insulin secretion. So in the well-fed state, insulin really is going to control essentially all of metabolism, okay? And we said insulin is primarily an anabolic hormone. So you're going to promote the synthesis of glycogen from glucose. You're going to promote the synthesis of tags from fatty acids you're going to promote the synthesis of proteins. So all anabolic processes will be activated. Now, you say, what glycolysis? Glycolysis will be activated as well to generate energy from glucose. The reason being, there's plenty of glucose. In the well-fed state, glucose is the primary source of energy for all tissues, okay? That's a good thing, good rule of thumb. Glucose is a primary source of energy for all tissues. There's plenty of it. So they will consume glucose in each and every way they can consume glucose. You consume glucose through glycolysis, and glycogen synthesis. So the liver will use, consume glucose for energy through glycolysis and for, uh, to synthesize uh, glycogen for later on, uh, to store for later on. Okay, importantly, the liver is going to use nearly 60% of all the glucose in the bloodstream, okay? Just that little organ, liver, 
will use nearly 60% of all the glucose in the bloodstream. Okay, <clears throat> there are also effects of insulin on different tissues. Insulin is going to affect muscle and adipose tissue. We just talked about yesterday that insulin increases uptake of glucose into these tissues, specifically. Okay, so that's very important to be mindful of. The specific increase in glucose uptake in muscle and adipose tissue. All right, so this is kind of the general picture, but I want to, this is a little detour here just to remind you that really uh, 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 insulin in the well-fed state, post-prandial uh, uh, post state or absorptive state is going to change the activity of a variety of rate-limiting enzymes, okay? And... Well, we covered this here. That's available from the diet. You know, we have glucose, we have tags, we have amino acids. But then you have these different effects that you want to be mindful of. We have allosteric regulation of rate-limiting enzymes, covalent modification of rate-limiting enzymes. That's phosphorylation, dephosphorylation. In general, insulin is going to promote the dephosphorylation of key enzymes. You can have induction of enzymes, meaning upregulation, increasing the abundance of specific enzymes like PFK1, uh, glucokinase, and pyruvate kinase. So these are slower effects, say, of insulin. <clears throat> you have redundancy in some of these effects. Some have, a, uh, they may be a covalent modification and they may be an upregulation. But this really allows the body to fine-tune metabolism. So that redundancy is important in fine-tuning metabolism. It's not just an on-off switch, okay? It's more like a dimmer switch. Regulation of metabolism is more like a dimmer switch. Okay, so, so uh, we talked about this. This is in the well-fed state, let's say, you're going to have a lot of glucose. So that's not a problem. And that's going to uh, happen right fairly soon after a meal. Like I said, allosteric covalent modification, two types of enzyme regulatory mechanisms typically happen quickly. Induction or upregulation takes some time, okay? And this is, again, increasing the amount of enzymes in the cell. So I'm going to remind you here on some of, some of these effects that you want to sort of remember and integrate in the fast feed cycle, okay? So one of the allosteric effectors we talked about was fructose 2,6-bisphosphate. Very important allosteric effector produced by PFK2. PF, uh, fructose 2,6-bisphosphate activates PFK1 and increases glycolysis. 
because PFK1, one of the most important trait-limiting enzymes. Simultaneously, high amounts of this molecule will inhibit fructose 1,6-bisphosphatase. That means you inhibit gluconeogenesis. And this concept I hope you get. You never have gluconeogenesis at the same time you have glycolysis. Never. Ever. Okay? Similarly, you never have fatty acid beta oxidation when you're having fatty acid synthesis. That's the importance of uh, certain allosteric regulators and certain hormonal regulators. Okay? So that's kind of a, a reminder. So in the the way insulin is going to affect certain enzymes in the well-fed state as a general rule of thumb, okay? It will promote dephosphorylation of key enzymes, okay? So that's a good rule of thumb. In general, insulin promotes the dephosphorylation of key enzymes. That's distinct from insulin activating the tyrosine kinase activity of the receptor. Okay, don't confuse the two. But downstream from the tyrosine kinase activity of the receptor, you end up activating a phosphoprotein phosphatase that will dephosphorylate a number of important enzymes. Okay? Now, depending on the, f the enzyme itself, that could activate certain enzymes, that could inhibit certain enzymes. So we're going to go uh, through some of these here, <coughs> some of these effects, for example, of insulin, if you want, on key enzymes like Again, the green means enzymes that are active in the dephosphostate. And we just said insulin stimulates dephosphorylation. Glycogen synthase gets dephosphorylated by insulin. It's active. So in the well-fed state, you're going to make more glycogen. PFK2 is active in the dephosphorylated state, what does it do? It produces fructose 2,6-bisphosphate. What do we need fructose 2,6-bisphosphate for? To activate PFK1. And simultaneously inhibit FBP1 inhibiting gluconeogenesis. Okay? Examples of insulin inhibiting a, an enzyme through dephosphorylation is glycogen phosphorylase kinase and glycogen phosphorylase. Both are inhibited in the dephosphorylated form. Okay? So that's really important. We're not going to get into every single one, but I just want to, uh, again, remind you here <coughs> Another example of insulin, an enzyme activated by dephosphorylation, pyruvate kinase. 
another enzyme pyruvate dehydrogenase but this is really due to the uh, pyruvate dehydrogenase kinase and phosphatase that are part of this complex <clears throat> acetyl-CoA carboxylase is activated so hormone sensitive lipase that breaks down tags is inhibited so the take home here is you are going to activate glycolysis activate the glycogenesis glycogen synthesis activate fatty acid synthesis because the rate limiting enzyme there is also activated by dephosphorylation so just like I said before fatty acid and tag synthesis will be increased protein synthesis will be increased and glycogen synthesis will be increased but these are important enzymes here acetyl-CoA carboxylase pyruvate kinase stimulating glycolysis and PFK1 stimulating uh, the other enzyme in uh, I mean and F uh, fructose 2 6 bisphosphate stimulating FBP uh, fruct uh, PFK1 <coughs> inhibiting FBP1 okay you with me is it too much of a review <laughs> But that's really what I, the reason I'm spending time on these details, because these are important details, and you want to kind of pay attention to them. Uh, because I get a lot of questions. This is where the semi-comprehensive part comes in. I want you to know what's happening to glycolysis as a result of insulin in the well-fed state. What's happening to gluconeogenesis and as a result of insulin in the well-fed state okay that's the key things so we're gonna go through specific things that occur we've already covered those first couple of slides but I want to go to what happens with the each tissue and that simplifies it a little bit for you so we said there's plenty of glucose in the diet plenty of glucose this should be glucose in the bloodstream in the well-fed state glucose is taken up not in an insulin dependent manner not but because it's high in the bloodstream you increase blood glucose increase uptake in the liver you also have plenty of amino acids from the diet increase uptake as well again you glucose use in the liver two distinct ways glycogen synthesis glycolysis you can even use it in the HMP pathway excess pyruvate and acetyl-CoA here can be shunted to make fatty acids fatty acids will make tags tags will be packaged into VLDL <coughs> amino acids that are taken in note their fate their main fate really is going to be here <coughs> 
to make protein, muscle proteins, enzymes, structural proteins. Any excess amino acids can be metabolized to give you energy, but there's no storage of amino acids. So you're going to have, uh, so you use them primarily to replace muscle uh, liver proteins that were degraded uh, or broken down. <clears throat> and the third component here, this is the tag rich uh, dietary component, chylomicrons. They're going to provide additional fatty acids to the liver, and some of these fatty acids will be stored as tags in the form and released in the form of VLDL. <clears throat> so the important effects here of insulin is to stimulate glycolysis, to stimulate glycogenesis, and fatty acid synthesis. Okay? Also importantly, you're going to make tags from fatty acids. What you need is glycerophosphate, and glycerophosphate, the backbone, comes from DHAP, from glycolysis, and since glycolysis is very active, there is plenty of glycerophosphate to make tags here. So, all in all, you have these, what we call, anabolic effects, building large glycogen from glucose, tags from fatty acids, and proteins from amino acids. Okay, next thing, basically I covered that. The next important tissue is adipose tissue. I want to, uh, I don't have much on this, uh, on adipose tissue, but I'm going to say a couple of things uh, about it a little later. But first of all, I want you to appreciate one important thing. This entire cell is actually uh, the picture of a real cell. It's really not a, an animation. It's just kind of not a... Uh, so this here is the adipocyte. This small part there, the green oval shape, is the cytoplasm. The red is the nucleus. This entire yellow, 90% of the cell, is tags. Okay, so this is our storage of tags in adipocytes. So their main function now in the well-fed state is to just store more tags because there's plenty of glucose, there's plenty of fatty acids, they're going to make more tags and uh, 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 store them in, in, the f uh, in adipocytes. The muscle I want you to notice one important thing here. The muscle, just like we mentioned before, and adipose tissue will specifically pick up glucose. 
This is an insulin-dependent glucose transporter. So the only two, two tissues where insulin stimulates glucose uptake are muscle and adipose tissue.